one. Yeah, that was just more for emotional strength, not so much for technical editing. Okay, you were just looking for a round of applause. <laughs> Thank you. A little bit of recognition goes a long way. It really does. Um, so yeah, welcome to the Made for Walking podcast uh, with your hosts, uh, Boots and... Tom. All right then, Tom, so today <laughs> feels if we're going to get right into it. Yes. Um, but before we get into it... Yeah, uh, let's just... not get too far in. Let's just, let's get, let's, let's, I feel yeah, like let's bad things happen it. when you just like go real far in. I mean, you learn. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, so what's, what's a little bit of your background there, Tom? So my background is mostly in filmmaking as a profession in a general hobby. No, I wouldn't call it a hobby. <clears throat> it's not a hobby. It's a um, lifestyle. Yeah. A lifestyle, <laughs> primary interest. And also, I'd say I'm an outdoors enthusiast. I think I've gone from the casual camper to more so the obsessive nature nut. And um, yeah, I just I'm really excited to kind of lean more into that realm um, in this life. So that's me. That's me. excellent. Excellent. Yeah, just a bit about myself. Um, I have a background in environment, natural resources, and rangeland ecology, watershed management. Um, so pretty big on the science side of things, um, especially with these animals and such that we're going to be discussing in all these episodes. But no, I, I think the same thing. Um, I didn't really grow up camping or anything like that. Um, just something I kind of fell into, really became an outdoor enthusiast. Um, a lot of the summer camps I went to as a kid, mostly science-based because, you know, science camps are much better than any other camps. Um, so <laughs> that's where you, you learn how to kind of feel as if, that's, yeah, that's where I learned kind of more of the natural side of things and kind of developed more of a passion for maybe starting to discuss and research the uh, outdoors. Yeah. So... Yeah, no, I so say we met at Camp Thunderbird. Not yeah, to knock very. On Camp <clears throat> yeah. Thunderbird, great, lovely place filled with lovely people. Um, That's true. Yeah, we were just camp counselors who happened to kind of <laughs> yeah. work together. And... Yeah, we became um, wilderness first responders together in we probably were, we were one of the plans. finest displays oh. of. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, it's, um, uh... it's really great when the instructor tells you to, hey, let's redo your test real quick. <laughs> good times, good times. Yeah, we shouldn't have made uh, prairies so hard. I feel like that one really, that was a quick lesson that came back to bite me personally. Um, that was yeah. a little humiliating. But, mm -hmm. um, you know, that's showbiz, baby. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's <laughs> just, you know, fake it till you make it, especially yeah. with your... Uh, Wilderness first responders license. <laughs> I can't. I can't imagine that going poorly. No. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, mine's um, mine's gonna expire this summer. Uh, so. Same. I say I have to do my. I have to get mine renewed here. So I'll yeah. try to. Where Where are you gonna get yours renewed? I'll actually get it. I live in Laramie, Wyoming. Um, right. So, uh, with that, the University of Wyoming is in my backyard. They yeah. offer wilderness first responder recertification classes for a couple hundred bucks. So, I'll probably do that just to keep it going yeah keep the dream alive it's a good one to exactly. have exactly yeah yeah about you you're gonna try to get yours reserted or are you just gonna let it go i'd like to i think it's a great thing to keep up with um you know great great thing to have you never know when you're gonna need it mm -hmm. have you have yep. you used your wilderness first responder 
Uh, since my first summer working as a camp counselor, uh-huh. no. <laughs> During that summer, though, quite often did I have to use it. Anything uh, major? Um, a couple cuts on the hands, pretty bad bleeding. Um, one of my campers got, I mean, throwing up on camp, so that was always a fun one, waking up in the middle of the night to... <laughs> I, I kid you not, he walked up to uh-huh. my tent and goes, hey, hey, Boots. I was like, yeah, what's going on, bud? He's like, I threw up. I I'm threw like, up. It's 2, it's 2 a.m. and you threw up? All right, this is awful. That's always a tough position to be in a, as a kid. Like, there's an unfortunate urine vomit or fecal matter situation and it's 2 a.m. How did mm-hmm. I get here? And the worst part is I need to tell someone. Yes, and with that came... A handful of tums. Uh, you got this, champ, and we continued on the entire trip because no one could come and get us. Well, yeah. For him being what sick. you gonna do? <laughs> exactly. Wait. So where yeah. were you when he threw up? We were on the Superior Hiking Trail up uh-huh. uh, past Lutzen, so Minnesota. We're... Lutzen, Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So yeah, we were up there. It was our first day. We had just gone uh, the wrong way for a couple miles, so I had to turn oh, around in the middle of the trail. And... That's the worst feeling. Does not feel oh. good as a leader. <laughs> nope, did not feel good. We sat there and we're like, all right, cool. You saw a part you weren't planned on seeing, and then hiked all the way back. Yeah, but that's all part of the fun, right? It was fun. It's a making memories. Making memories. Making yeah. memories. Um, yeah. But nice. you have yet to ever use your wilderness first responders? There's definitely a time when I wish I had had it. And then there was one time when I did use it to um, relocate our good buddy's Nate, ar- good buddy Nate's arm when he fell in the sawtooths. Yeah, um, I, say, I remember hearing about that. Yeah, 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 it was gnarly. But it was like, yeah, we were walking down this hill and he just fell and his trekking pole kind of got stuck in his hand. And it was on a wasn't too steep but wrong place and just like right out and um yeah it sounded really painful he screamed and it's like right when i heard that scream it's like oh that's that's a somebody got injured scream Mm -hmm. i know that one Uh, (laughs) and um (laughs) so yeah we just kind of like you know the boys were are, are the boys i was counseling were all there we're just like all right maybe you guys just step to the side, give dads a minute to talk here. <laughs> and um, I think it took, I forget if it took two or three times, but I think twice to no avail. And then it was like, all right, let's try one more time. And we were like, you know, I'm like, Nate, I'm not going to stop <laughs> unless, unless you really <laughs> tell me to stop. But, mm-hmm. And then we got it. He did tell me to stop, but that's when we got it in. And then he was like, okay. We're back. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We're back. And then we set up our evacuation and uh, hiked out of there. Yeah. I no, Sawtooth, though. Yeah, Sawtooths are sick. I want to go back. Idaho rocks. Yeah. Say everyone always thinks potatoes, but actually, cool mountains. Yeah. They say potatoes. Turns out it's potatoes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Idaho nice. rocks. No, Idaho's great. Yeah, no, they say Minnesota's great for those hiking trails. Just uh, That's true. Yeah, be I like be... Yeah, it was it was really nice up there. Yeah. 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 But No, yeah, so I mean that's kind of a good segue into like what this podcast is about. We both talking oh, about yeah. uh, hiking injuries. Um, yeah. 
So yeah, this is the Made for Walking podcast <laughs> pilot episode. Yes. Uh, and just to give you some background on what this whole podcast is going to be, it's going to be kind of documenting the uh, nature stories of migratory animals. And, you know, that can range from a million things. So we talk about whale migrations and, you know, deer migrations. But we also will probably talk about some human migration things, too, because humans are just as much an animal as everything I listed beforehand. Exactly. exactly. So, yeah, and it's really just to catch those like cool stories about incredible animals that we live with. Yeah. Do you do you have any pets? I don't. I know me neither. I wish. Me too. Me yeah. What kind of pet would you want? I want a dog. You I want just, a dog? You a dog I need guy? Dog. I need a dog. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I think I'm gonna make sure the next place I live is dog friendly, and we'll get this show on the road. There you go. What kind of dog? Oh, it'd be nice to have like a compact, oops, a compact like shepherding dog. I mean, they just rock. They're so they sweet, do. loyal, shepherdy. Yeah. I'm glad. Yeah, you need the shepherdy dogs especially. Yeah. I'd like a little high energy buddy to go buddy around with. No, it sounds awesome, dude. Yeah. How about you? What kind of pet would you want? I mean, I'm a big cat person. Um, yeah, cats yeah. are cool. Guys are cool, I, especially with like kind of the lifestyle I have at the moment. I just don't know if I could. Dogs are a lot. Swing a dog with the time and effort, and so. Yeah. But yeah, no, I'd I'd love to do a cat and just kind of have it, sure on the place, cause some mischief. That'd be fun to yeah. look at. But I mean, yeah. I could come over and like knock some cups off the counter if you want. <laughs> I, I would. Just... I would love that. My roommates would probably be pissed about it. <laughs> Typical. I know they'd be like, "Hey, who's this stranger in our house knocking over cups?" I'm like, "Oh, uh, that's my, uh, you know, impromptu cat person." <laughs> yeah, well, in town for the furry convention. Mm-hmm. Just figured we I'd drop. We just by. got one. Really? I'm not kidding you, dude. Laramie, Wyoming, has now hosted the first ever furry convention in Wyoming. Doing uh, the friggin' Lord's work. I know it was. Do you want to hear the name of it? Of course. <laughs> forever west <laughs> wow no, wow, wow it was wow. a great event uh, i'm sure everyone it was. had a great time and i'm like that's so dope because i would not have expected that in a million years yeah well it's good to see that the world is uh, changing in the direction it needs and um yeah wyoming's got no. their furries and there's a exactly. lot of furry creatures in wyoming there are it's uh, there's actually a lot of cool especially with migrations and such uh, Wyoming's a pretty unique spot. Um, long, largest pronghorn migration in the world. Um, largest population of pronghorn also located within Wyoming. Wow. Um, slight elk migration and a lot of mon- and a lot of deer migration out here. Um, big stop for birds uh, going from north to south for the winter, and um, a couple predatory species that are also being reintroduced and studied on their migratory slash kind of just habitats. Wow. So, yeah, it's a cool spot to live in, honestly. Yeah, it sounds like this podcast is going to be really pertinent and relevant and important. Yeah, and that's wow. the goal. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Filling those niches that people didn't know needed filling. Yeah, and mostly talk about the furry conventions of Wyoming as well. Yes, yeah. yes. Definitely. Well, um, speaking of furry conventions, uh, should we talk geese? Yeah. So okay. I didn't mean to. So, I'm sorry. I kind of unveiled your topic. I feel no. That's intrusive. totally okay. Yeah. So first episode we're doing is 
a species that I think we're all pretty familiar with. Um, but we see them a lot, but we don't know why we see them a lot. Um, so it's the Canada goose. That's the one that we're going to focus on today. Um, so yeah, Tom, just to get us started real quick, what do you know about Canada goose? Sure, sure. Um, vodka. Okay. Um, I am from Pennsylvania, as you're aware, right outside mm -hmm. of Philadelphia. So the popular chain Wawa, you know, they're, they got, they've got geese on the sign. I don't okay. know if Wawa means geese. The whole thing's a little strange. You don't think so. No, I, I, Wawa, it's, it's religion out there for you guys, isn't it? <laughs> it's religion for a lot of people who need it. It's been there for me. I think that's, you know, it's not like, you know, it's like a relationship that's there for you when you need it. And mm -hmm. like when you need that sweet, sweet buff buffalo chicken finger sandwich, it's freaking <laughs> there, ready in 30 it's seconds. That's your go-to orders, the buffalo chicken sandwich? I, you know, it has been. It has been when that, you know, I'm just, I'm not sure how much food is in it, like in re in retrospect and in my um, old age and uh, <laughs> newfound love of uh, food <laughs> with food <laughs> in it. Um, but I recognize that it is a place and it is a mood and I take a lot of pride in where I come from. So um, that's good. I think that's all I got to say about that. Other than that, I know that geese migrate I know that they make honking noises. Mm -hmm. They can be kind of territorial. Um, you ever had a bad experience with a goose being territorial? No, I don't think so. Like, I think I've probably been hissed at, mm -hmm. um, but I don't have any distinct memories. Um, I know my dog was really scared of a big duck once, which is mm -hmm. not a goose, but it just felt worth bringing up. You know no definitely that's why you got to get the shepherding dog who's not scared of the exactly geese. well you know penny was perfect <laughs> she was <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah um so i i'd say that's pretty they're birds without mm -hmm. a doubt um, yeah i don't know if i've ever eaten goose but i'd like to yeah it's it's an interesting one to eat, I will say. I thought of something else I know, but if you've got anything else to say about eating goose, you should Yeah, say. so yeah. my grandma's recipe uh, for geese, uh -huh. um, old school farmhouse cooking from the Midwest. Hell um, yeah. But goose, it's a very greasy meat. It, it, I mean, the grease will stick to the top of your mouth, kind of greasy. And so the way that she used to do it is she would cook it in a crock pot with Mountain Dew on top of Mountain it. Mountain Dew? <laughs> iconic. I can't it's believe iconic. I spent so much time not cooking with Mountain Dew. <laughs> yes, she would cook it in Mountain Dew and let it kind of sit there just to eat away all the grease and fats off of it because it is that acidic. I'm blown away. Yeah, it, and you know what? When she cooked it, you didn't taste any of the Mountain Dew, which I well, mean, that sucks. That, for some people, I say some people love it. Some people would yeah. not want to eat Mountain Dew geese. Wow. But yeah. So yeah, interesting, interesting uh, bird to kind of chow down yeah. on. Yeah. And I know fagua is a thing where they uh, force feed geese. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's to create a very, very fatty liver is the idea. And then okay. that's a delicacy. I don't think it's a very nice thing to do to a goose. 
Mm-hmm. But I did hear another podcast where they had, I forget how they did it, but they convinced, like, some farmer had this method to convince geese to just eat, 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 and get the same foie effect, which is good. Because, like, I, I think the other way, they literally, it's like funnel uh, in the mouth and shove food down their throat, which must take a while. Because they, another thing I know about geese is they have long necks. They're kind of yes. the brontosaurus of the birds, if we exclude, like, ostriches and emus and stuff, yeah. as far as Canadian birds go. The Canadian birds, yeah. yes. So, yeah, yeah, geese, yeah, like, like I said earlier, a lot of people just know the general facts about geese, like, stay away from them, they'll hiss at you or chase you. They migrate from Canada to Mexico. Um, but that's about it. Like, you know, you see them on the golf course, you see them kind of you kind of see them around but you never know too much about them and so that's kind of what we're going to hear do here today so yeah with the canada goose scientific name bronta canadensis um goes by a lot of different names uh canada goose as we had mentioned earlier seems to be the most common name uh my favorite nickname i found with it is the big honker um i don't think that you're talking about goose I don't think they were talking about goose. You, you can't. It's not that kind of podcast. Okay, so I, I don't think they were talking about goose. <laughs> no, we can talk about big honkers. Of course, um, it's our podcast. We do what we this want. Is a, this is true. Um, yeah, no, a couple different species related to it. Uh, small goose and gray goose um, look kind of similar, but Canada goose tends to be the most typical bird we find here mm-hmm. uh, with relation to the geese family. Um, so, yeah. It's pretty pretty big population, um, not endangered species at all. Sure. Uh, in fact, within North America alone, there are 140 million uh, Canadian geese. Wow. And that is pretty much a third of the population of the United States, kind of equivalency, to put it in perspective. Wow. That was my next question. Wow. So, yeah, no, they, they're... It's a pretty big species, and that's why I think it's cool to cover it. Because again, we all see them; we all have a, had an experience with geese. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, yeah, and you know, and any things about birds. Um, a lot of people associate birds eating kind of bugs or you know nuts or something like that. The reason we tend to see a lot of geese, especially mm-hmm. within residential areas, mm-hmm. um, golf courses, city parks, thing, things of that nature. Um, pretty much comes from their diet of grass it's about what they eat is just grass and they don't really eat much else um so yeah that's why we tend to see them in those locations but they are pretty important for the environment because of their reasons of being uh herbivore birds and not omnivores um a lot of it is that they are pretty important for seed placement um so they'll eat the plants Plants want to be eaten by them because they'll eat their seeds. They'll fly away, shit them out. <laughs> As one does. Yeah, you got to take off. Um, you know, you can't hold like, it in. No, not for that long of a road trip that they take. Um, <laughs> yeah. At least they don't yes. have to go into, like, gross bathrooms. They just... That's true. They don't have to go to the Wawa bathroom. And, uh... <laughs> <What>? <laughs> That's true. No Wawa bathrooms. No Wawa bathroom stops on their pretty, pretty substantial journey. Yeah. Um. But yeah, while they're migrating, they stop in spots and eat the yeah, the seeds. 
ship them out, and uh-huh. then that becomes uh, seeds can then replace themselves um, in those spots. Uh-huh. Get their plant diversity up in certain areas, and they do actually have a habit of improving biodiversity while also destroying biodiversity. Oh. Um. Yeah. So geese are pretty interesting, especially with this grass and habitat and that sheer number that I had mentioned earlier with the 140. Uh, they are pretty destructive on grass. Um, they eat everything, and they don't stop eating the grass. Really? Yes, they they have been known to kind of take down lawns, um, residential lawns and stuff. They can take them down to the dirt um, in certain areas, especially if they have that high of a population. Um, so, yep. Wild. Yeah, I did confirm pretty... that Wawa does mean goose it just it, i briefly looked and it said in native american which i don't think is a language yeah um, say which tribe yeah so i'm gonna I, I will definitely do a deep dive on that and <clears throat> come back with a better answer next episode that's gonna be great i cannot wait to hear more about the history of wawa yeah, yeah because we definitely going... want to hold ourselves accountable on information that's definitely i think a big part of our mission i think so and uh, people want to know that's people the thing know. i mean people are just walking around not knowing and can't do that mm-hmm. that simple um yeah yeah so anyway um <laughs> so geese eat grass they eat geese a lot grass. of it they won't stop depending on the population size they uh-huh. won't stop and also depends on how long they stopped for um uh-huh. yeah so during migration a lot of their migration is for the pure sake of having eggs um that's a big part like of it. to go to diners that to get yeah. <laughs> to have breakfast with Guy Fieri is basically I, their singular goal. If I'm so lost. A, if they could put a goose with Guy Fieri on an episode, I would be so I watch, happy. Honestly, underrated. <laughs> underrated. Um, um, but yeah, no, so it's for their nesting season. Oh, okay. Yes. Um, gotcha. As much wow. as it'd be fun to watch a uh, goose go into your old school diners to get some scrambled eggs they're going more for nesting so do they really like they would only eat grass like if i gave a goose like a plate of scrambled eggs they'd be like they'd probably also kind of for a sec to like eat a little bit but they wouldn't be as happy right okay and would they eat like a flower yep yep they'll eat flowers sedges um yeah, it basically turns into just plant life, um, gotcha. but specific types. So they're not going over to like trees and taking down leaves or stuff sure. like that, um, or like sage brushes or bushes. Okay, things like that don't get really touched by. What geese. about like a strawberry? I don't know if they'd eat the fruit. They possibly would as like a little treat, but Dude. I think they probably eat the strawberry vine first. Yeah, I mean, like, okay, so they're not looking for fruit. No, not really. Yeah, a big part of their diet is just like like a cow, basically, just eating grass. Forgive me if I'm getting ahead of myself, but do they regurgitate? Okay. Do they do a cud situation? Or is it one tummy in, no, out? One tummy in, um, <laughs> yeah, they, and then it's okay. out. And then, yeah. Um, yeah, have you ever seen the inside of a goose's mouth? Because it's not meant to come back out. <laughs> um i feel like i like i've seen a duck mouth is it similar to a little similar yeah it's got a lot of spikes in it that's it built to grab pull all the grass up and then 
Just kind of let it sit back. Yeah, they are. Wild. Yeah, yeah, that's. I didn't. Yeah. Wow, look at those tongues. I hope everybody's looking this up. Yeah, yeah. If you're listening along at home, please look up Goose Mouth right now. Um, I'll give you a play by play for sure, though. So we have that, <laughs> these top layer of razor sharp teeth on the top of their. The, well and the top beak and then another one but then it looks like on their tongue they've got some teeth like barbs coming out and it's um <clears throat> yeah that's not that's not for regurgitation and i would also not want to make contact with that mouth no yeah that mouth is pretty much built since we're pretty used to as people and you know experiencing cats and dogs and such like that a lot of times you just chew with your teeth, and that's how you crunch up your food uh, when you eat your salad. That's how um, you do it. That's how I do it, at least. Don't I've got some different Everyone methods. in the audience. <laughs> <laughs> A little non-traditional. But, yeah. You know, you got to keep it spicy out there. I try. Yeah, and so that's what a goose's mouth is actually built uh -huh. for. It is, it's built to shred that grass and get those fibers kind of broken up a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, just because plant fiber, especially that kind of plant fiber, is pretty hard on digestive systems and stomach acids, and mm -hmm. it can not get fully processed by that, honestly. And so you got to kind of break it down immediately before you can uh, kind of let it sit in your stomach. And that's mm -hmm. how geese do it. And But yeah, so yeah, they'll make their make their way from north to south um pretty much your region of all of canada to pretty much the mexico and u.s border um that's where they tend to reside in the flying south for winter scenarios do they have trouble getting through the border because of um modern border control you know <laughs> sometimes <laughs> is that there they is stop? They stopped there because customs really held up their paperwork. Um, <laughs> Checking the feathers for cocaine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's a problem down there. You know, the East Cartel is really just like running the show. Yeah. I mean, the tale is old as time. It really is. Everyone's always been afraid of geese, and that's the reason. That's the reason, because they run that's the largest drug cartel in the world and then just pin it on other people. They really are. They are real bad ones about it. Yeah, Breaking Bad um, got it pretty friggin' wrong. They did. As I say, Walter White was not the danger. It was actually <laughs> the goose in your backyard. Yeah. They are the one who honks. <laughs> um, but yeah, so yeah, when they go down to the south, they're kind of... Southern United States, pretty northern Mexico. They don't go too, too far down. Um, what they do there is they nest, uh, especially with the water bodies down there. There's more water. Obviously, the more south you go, except for certain regions, um, there are some pretty dry spots. Um, but, yeah, they'll gravitate towards water because that's where they're going to want to nest. Um, mm -hmm. Their nesting season lasts, um, you know, not too long. The eggs will – they'll have – four to seven eggs on average um wait mm -hmm. for them to hatch while they're waiting for them to hatch they will also molt their feathers um, oh, wow. so yeah get rid of some of the old feathers mm -hmm. which then actually renders them flightless at that time oh um, flightless yeah so when a bird and this is pretty common for a lot of bird species especially uh aquatic um so ducks mm -hmm. also do this a lot too 
they'll molt their feathers, um, just kind of shed off all of the down feathers within mm -hmm. them, but they'll also get rid of some of their more like built for flying feathers. Have they considered and, like selling those directly to the North Face to help the reduction <laughs> of geese that are killed for down jackets? You know, as a that would be a pretty good way to do it, honestly. Just going around following geese and just taking them every time they fall off. Yeah. Seems more sustainable. Yeah, I'm not really sure how they do it, but I imagine it's something like a farm and they kill them and take all their feathers. That's Yeah, cool. I actually don't know how Me they either. do it down. I'll have to look into that one, too. Yeah, <clears throat> see. But, um, yeah, so they'll do that. And then when, they're, when the uh, goslings or their baby geese... Uh, hatch they will um, tend to them for a really long time actually um, seven to nine weeks they'll stay with the goslings um, just so that way they can build up their swimming and flying habits so yeah with the molting mm -hmm. hatching eggs mm -hmm. and then tending to the young teaching them mm -hmm. to live and not die that takes that takes um probably over 12 weeks at a time Mm -hmm. So that's where they start going in the winter. Or that's the winter months. Keep warm. Mm -hmm. Spring, have your babies. And then summer, we got to fly back up. Nice. And you were talking about Ryan Gosling, right? Yeah, he's one of my favorites. Well, I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, he's he's going to be on the podcast with us one day. Yeah, we'll uh, definitely have Ryan Gosling on the podcast. Yes. He does have like real baby goose vibes. And I guess in the notebook, when he was like, if you're a bird, I'm a bird. I mm -hmm. thought he was just suffering from extreme codependence, but it turned out he's a bird. <laughs> he's a bird, and he was just there for, you know, nesting season. Just, I mean, you're not wrong. Yes. During that migration yeah. process, there's a lot of also interaction, and it's pretty interesting. Um, the U.S. has um, big goose hunting, um, as we had mentioned nice. uh, earlier with eating goose. Uh, it's a pretty popular uh, form of hunting recreation is uh, goose hunts. Um, have you ever hunted a goose? I have not personally. A lot of kids from my high school did. Sure. Um, it was pretty popular. Yep, they just get out there in the farm fields in the winter. And, you know, the moment those flying Vs come at you, they'll lay down some feed and decoys to have them come land and they'll take them there. Um, Turn that V into a W. Exactly. Except, w for win, win on the hunt. <laughs> exactly. Yes. I'm glad you got that. I, I, I think it's pretty easy to point I mean, I think that was a pretty straightforward um, yeah, thing that I yeah. said. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, I think so. Um, but yeah, it's a pretty popular hunting bird um, mm -hmm. with waterfowl. Pretty synonymous with kind of outdoor recreation, especially with hunting regards. Um, mm -hmm. Due to it not being an endangered species so it's pretty popular um tags for it are fairly easy to get um it only requires a shotgun to uh take down a couple geese so pretty easy hunting um bird uh, so that's some of the ways that the population actually gets controlled in the United mm -hmm. States, um, just because there are a lot and it can be damaging to certain ecosystems mm -hmm. um, while also being beneficial. Geese are kind of a double-edged sword um, because of that and their popularity with hunters. Um, the, natural, uh, the National Fish and Wildlife Services mm -hmm. determine tag limits each year just to 
see what um what they can do about the goose population um yeah. they really don't want to do anything else other than that they don't want to just like you know go in and start culling a bunch of geese or going down and smashing eggs and stuff like yeah. that those aren't the ways they want to have uh geese populations kind of decreased um mm-hmm. yeah pretty natural predators as well cats uh coyotes Basically, any sort of predator species you could think of probably goes for Canada goose, just due to sheer population size. And uh, with them molting and nesting, they tend to not leave those areas, Mm -hmm. Um, so they become even more popular targets for um, species such as like coyotes and uh, bobcats and such. And um, as I had mentioned earlier, as they fly in those special Vs, do you know why Canada geese fly in Vs? Yes. And I did want to mention that I remembered that I had a dream about a lynx last night that I saw one. Ooh, good dream, bad dream? I think it's a good dream. I think that's a good sign. It's a good omen. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Here, I, This is why I think they fly in a V. I think it's an aerodynamic strategy. And um, the leader takes the brunt force of the wind. And then they rotate to take turns taking the brunt force of the wind. Yeah, you're you're actually I did it. You're you're exactly right. Ching. Yeah, so that the famous flying V is just that. It's a reduction of wind resistance. Um so the V isn't flat, it's yeah. more kind of angled oh. down. So a goose flies under each other. Uh-huh. Um leader takes the brunt force, like you had uh-huh. mentioned, of the wind resistance, and then it just keeps lowering down for the people in the back. Um, yeah. once the once that uh, lead goose is like, I can't deal with this anymore. Hey, sometimes us lead gooses, we we need a little break, all right? They I can't be break. lead goose all the time, baby. Exactly. Come on. So then they shoot Show me what you back, got. And uh, next goose in line yeah. takes that. And it just it just becomes this kind of merry-go-round of geese taking a lot of wind resistance. Um, and that's just to help them make the journey last a little longer. Um, yeah. Just because they're not the most aerodynamic bird um sure large birds um comparatively to some of the other migratory species um so yeah they do that and it helps them just travel longer distances over shorter periods of time yeah this is going to sound condescending but i don't want it to but one of the Mm -hmm. few things i remember from first grade is going over why geese fly over fly in v formations like i kind of remember that and i was like sick sick the u.s education system did not fail you i wouldn't go that far okay <laughs> but there are some teachers that got some things right they did they really shout out did. to miss mrs disposito that was your first grade teacher mine was miss miss deegan deegan was she deegan. nice she was very nice but the interesting thing about my first grade mm-hmm. um do you remember the band, the Flowbots? I'm really gonna date myself. Here. Yeah, I know Flowbots. Yeah, you remember that? Yeah, you know you can ride your bike with no handlebars. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, lead guitarist's wife actually was oh. one of the other first grade teachers in my school, and I was able to like meet the Flowbots and get an autograph from the lead guitarist. Dude, that's sick. I know. Wow. I know. First grade, I was really peaking at that time. Yeah. Well, now that you're on the Made for Walking podcast, I feel like maybe you haven't quite, haven't quite hit it. No, I think, I think we have nowhere to go from up from here. What? <laughs> okay. <laughs> nowhere to go. Okay. Yeah. 
Have you ever seen the movie Up? What do you think of that movie? Honestly, it's... that is quite the migration story. Oh, God. Fictional migrations. <laughs> Fictional migrations. So there is this fellowship, right? And <laughs> there's a ring, and uh, it was real bad. Really, really, yeah. really, really, really bad. Some old guy just grabbed a short guy out of nowhere and said, you know what? Go save the world for us. He's like, hey, 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 little man. Why don't you take us into a volcano? I'm going to go over and smoke some weed um, <laughs> with those guys. We'll have a party uh, tonight. And uh, well, bring your friend who, who grows those plants. Um, yeah, I like him. Yeah. All How right. about those other two guys? Can I bring my other two friends? I hate them, but bring them anyways. Bring them. I don't like them. I don't approve. I think it's going to be a problem. But now that you mention it, I want them here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And that is uh, Lord of the Rings. Yeah, I was say, if anyone didn't get that reference, I really hope we did a great job of doing a great synopsis. And sorry for this spoiling it. Yeah. Yeah, I was say, we, we should have gotten a little spoiler alert before that one. Yeah. But, yeah, no, I was to say, yeah, geese tend to be just, like, a pretty, like, staple migratory species, especially when we bring them, when we just say the word migratory species, a lot of people. Mm-hmm tend to think of them because you know birds fly you know flying south for the winter tends to be a pretty common phrase in our vernacular Um, yeah except my roommate's australian and she was making a joke about birds flying north for the winter and i was like what i was like oh right yeah they're at the bottom of the world for some reason yeah we won't get into all that that's yeah we'll just keep north south you know we'll just keep it normal we'll just be normal (laughs) yeah we'll just be normal Uh exactly yeah no so um yeah yeah they're pretty um what's the other big thing oh yeah so for a lot of uh people especially uh back more pioneer days and such like that you know calendars weren't as readily available maybe or when people were even before that even with the uh first nations people living in america and the north american region um these were a pretty fundamental way of us showing change of season Mm-hmm. Um, due to that whole flying south for the winter, mm-hmm. when they started seeing geese migration, uh, a lot of people would associate that with um, from uh, either fall, summer to winter, or mm-hmm. winter to spring, depending on which direction the birds were flying from. Um, so pretty integral, especially for people who were farming at the time, um, but just didn't have calendars as much, uh, mm-hmm. or just um, for the kind of human migration as well, kind of move with the birds to mm-hmm. get out of the cold yeah um yeah um yeah canadian geese are also uh, as their name says pretty synonymous with canada um sure. yeah pretty that's where a lot of them tend to live especially during the summer months is the northern region or not the northern region but uh, more southern region of canada but found within um pretty much all parts of canada except for uh, arctic circle it tends to be their cutoff point Oh, interesting. I was hoping they'd be the national bird of Canada, but they're Is not. it not? I know, like the Canada. Bird of Canada. Right. Are you drunk? <laughs> gray Jay. The Gray Jay. Wow, that is so anticlimactic. I wonder if the goose is a state bird of any states. Goose. Yeah. State bird. Um the not the canadian goose but the neen 
goose is the state bird of Hawaii. Um, whoa, they're pretty cool. They're pretty cool. They're like, just like, they kind of look like Canadian geese, but like also kind of like a grouse. Oh, okay. That's actually pretty cool. Yeah, I'm into it. There you go. Um, so yeah. And then, uh, as we talk about habitat, especially from going from the, uh, Mm -hmm. northern parts of Canada down to kind of the southern part of the United States, northern Mexico, uh, one thing that is happening at the moment is natural habitat destruction, uh, from human development, uh, Uh, especially within the United States. It's mm -hmm. pretty, it's pretty bad because of the fact that the, um, United States is developing at a pretty quick pace, but that is in the middle of their migratory path. Um, Mm -hmm. so they can't just straight shot it from Canada to Mexico. Mm -hmm. They do have to have a lot of layover spots. Mm -hmm. Um, and a lot of the natural kind of places they would go. So more like the forested areas, more lakes and stuff like that Mm -hmm. are kind of getting threatened by a number of human impacts, uh, with reservoirs being developed, um, mm-hmm. taking away water from their normal migratory paths, uh, developments of housing or agriculture can also play a big impact on their more natural habitats that they would occupy. Um, and that also is impacting their nesting grounds, um, especially with the current, uh, droughts going on in the United States, um, and pretty much all across North America, honestly those droughts are becoming more of a problem for geese to nest in and create more geese. So basically we should hunt them while we still can. <laughs> hunt them while you still can. Numbers are still in pretty good population um, like that. Right. Like that's why they're getting so condensed into certain urban areas, especially oh. um, just because before it used to be kind of just this big line across the United States and they just moved down uh-huh. and they'd be a little bit more spread out. Still a very common bird, but now they're actually becoming more dense pocketed in the areas that can support them. So suburbs tend to see them a lot more now mm-hmm. due to the uh, lawns and such that they have right. and ponds, uh, city parks, especially also kind of become really big habitat for uh, geese. So it's a pretty interesting species on how they quickly adapted to, mm-hmm. I'd say adversity. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's pretty interesting how even though they are losing a lot of their natural habitat, they're creating new habitat pretty quickly mm-hmm. as well. Um, but, you know, a lot of people don't want geese. A lot of people have a lot of negative experiences with geese because of their territorialness and yeah. their aggression. Um, um, yeah, back to my dog, Penny. Uh, <laughs> yeah, she used to. This. There is this one time where I took her to a park in southern New Jersey and there were a lot of geese around and you know at this point yeah she wasn't too intimidated like the geese were doing their thing penny was doing her thing and her thing was eating their shit um (laughs) and like so it took me a bit to notice what she was getting up to and then i realized she was like you know just eating goose poop and it's like ah penny all right we gotta get out of here we can't just sit here and eat goose poop and then i'm like what's on your lip and there's a freaking fish hook in her lip Oh, then I got to bring her to the vet and, um, you know, I'm not, I can't get this. I, you know, it's out of my realm. Like the, it's, mm-hmm. this is past pliers and like, you know, that doing plier things in your dog's mouth sounds like a great way to get bit by a dog. Um, yes. so I took her to the vet. They put her, they gave, they had to give her like anesthesia to get it out. 
and uh, they did. And then the vet came out and she's like, yeah. And, um, you know, I noticed a lot of goose poop in her stomach. She threw it all out. I was like, yep, that sounds right. I mean, it, it adds up. <laughs> and um, yeah, so that's just another goose related experience. And well, when you were talking about why people don't like geese. Yeah, I mean, there's absolute fields covered in goose poop, goose droppings. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like that's why people don't like them. Yeah, I say that's a big one as well, because it is some nasty. And it'll nasty be everywhere. Shit. Like, mm-hmm. I remember even in, like, middle school, it was just, you know, like, it's not like you could not step on it. It was just like, exactly. we're out in gym class and we're stepping on goose poop, loving life. Exactly. Yeah. You, know, you take your kid to the park and then they come back covered in goose poop. Just covered in it. Just rolling in it. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I know my, uh, my sister-in-law, she is, ve- she has a very big hatred towards geese. Um, she's not a very tall person i will say uh-huh so a little napoleon think, complex <laughs> not so much i just find her on even oh, playing field i see so they're like, yeah so it's, it's a little bit more of a fair fight in their eyes uh-huh. um and at her old place there was a pond in the backyard it was more of a shared neighborhood lots of geese um yeah and so she would take her dog for a walk uh-huh and i mean they would just chase her a little really bit. She she had to like figure out ways to scare geese away from her before they would start going after her because a lot of their nests were also kind of in her backyard and near the sidewalk and such and so they were yep yeah, it was like an ongoing battle between my sister in law and the geese damn who won uh I don't know or is it my still ongoing moved, so oh she moved so the I geese did, won <laughs> I think that, the, I, the geese I, I, honestly I up to the geese damn. Damn, one by forfeit. One left. (laughs) And I ask her nowadays, I'm like, so you have any problems with geese? Because she's in kind of more of a suburb that doesn't have as many water around. Mm -hmm. She's like, not a single problem. I'm like, all right, so you got bullied by geese enough to move. Yeah, I wonder if she was looking for that. Yeah. Um, Yeah, somewhere without geese. I get it. uh, I mean, geese are pretty sick. I mean, that's like a big bird to get to see a lot of. They're like they're big animals. They're pretty big. Um, yeah, they say. I mean, nicknamed the big honker. Um, <laughs> still so funny. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, just, it's 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 a big bird. It's a common bird. Um, pretty unique, honestly, for a lot of people to see. Like that type of bird. Um, yeah. You know, not many people see like trumpeting swans or other kind of larger aquatic birds that have a pretty unique call to them um so i think it's 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 an interesting one that you know for a lot of people they do get to experience something like that and are pretty bear witness to a pretty substantial migration yeah um especially when we talk about migratory species not everyone's just sitting out there back door looking at um deer for example or they don't go and see salmon migrations um but it's one that a lot of people get a right you don't not something you have to seek out but more so like you probably know about you know you would have seen a goose migration before you knew anything about it because it's just Mm -hmm. yeah and this geese are in the yeah so and you see like maybe the small v here and there but it's Mm -hmm. always it's so cool and i always think it's really cool when you see just those massive v's Mm -hmm. and there's multiple of them all Mm -hmm. over the sky and such 
and then the noise they make is pretty interesting too. You just hear that honking mm-hmm. coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, let's hear your. I want to oh, hear yeah. your <clears throat> impression. What do you think? I think we could make some pretty good goose calls. Honestly, we'd trick them. We could get all of them to your house, and then we'd. We yeah. just we can make some Mountain Dew geese. Mountain Dew geese. <laughs> Mountain Dew geese. That's what we'll do. We'll have a trap door with a Mountain Dew vault. It'll yeah, it'll be a little Baja a blasted. Yeah, just get Baja, get Baja blasted. <laughs> <laughs> wow, what a dream! <laughs> oh my uh, gosh! Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so overall, a pretty common migrate migrating species important for plant life especially to diversify some biodiversity mm-hmm. with their seed droppings um but can be kind of destructive towards uh grass ecosystems due to their just insatiable hunger mm-hmm. um but yeah is there any other closing thoughts on canada geese um yeah i've got a i've got a would you rather um Ooh, okay would you these. rather be reincarnated as a goose or a coyote mm, i would probably do goose yeah then you'd get the why why if, i mean first off flying is yeah, cool flying i is mean cool. i think everyone's gonna automatically go to flying but like boy you know you're sitting there and no one complains as much about geese as i think coyotes everyone whines about sure coyotes and such and coyotes rock Coyotes are interesting. I really like coyotes. I remember growing up and hearing yeah. like coyotes outside my backyard and stuff yeah. like that. Um, that was a pretty common thing. And yeah, yeah you'd always hear about the coyotes and see them every once in a while. Yeah. But yeah, no. Yeah, I probably do goose mostly on the grounds of flying. I yeah. Mean, yeah. I don't know what it's like to fly. Yeah. I have an airplane, but yeah. I feel like I relate to coyotes more. Okay. But like. I mean, it would be cool to be a coyote and you just get to like be sneaky and try and eat things. And it'd be, you get to be like, you know, more of a predator and you get to kill chickens and squirrels and stuff. So that could be kind of fun. But like a goose, like, yeah, I mean, you'd get to see the whole continent Mm -hmm. and then some. Yeah. And you get to swim pretty good too. You swim and fly pretty solid yeah you'd have to be a prey animal but hey whatever gets me to the next life sooner right yeah say so, you know yeah, just we'll trying just to run the gamble again yeah hey. maybe you'll go from goose to coyote. coyote yes yeah i mean i'm hoping i'm on my way out you know if i've already hit human right yeah and i guess yeah, you gotta try something different yeah yeah i'll try something different for sure i think that's a i think that's a good way just to keep it keep it interesting Definitely. Okay. All right. Uh, perfect. How many geese do you think you could fight? Ooh. 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 Um, so just like Roman Colosseum, no weapons or anything, just right. hands up. Um, you could have, um, yeah, just, just hands, fisticuffs. Just, just hands? I'm probably taking 75 plus. 75 plus? That's a lot. That's pretty good. I think so. Because birds got those hollow bones. Yeah, I mean, it's just grab a neck, grab a neck, grab a neck. 
at some dark, point they're going to start fighting. It's going to hurt. It's going to hurt. You're going to lose some skin, but it's like it's going to take a while before they're getting an artery mm-hmm. or getting your muscle out or chewing on a bone. Like, yeah, no, I, th- I think I, mean, I think you could take like two hundred, honestly. I say I didn't want to. I don't want to highball myself on this one. Yeah, you like. You'd never know if I was actually setting you so, setting you up for something to see. I was saying, your... next time we see each other, you're gonna have <laughs> a lot of geese. Tom, why are you towing that trailer? Oh, <laughs> just you wait. Could you please step into this coliseum for me? <laughs> <laughs> All right, I got I got one for you. Real okay. Quick. Yeah. All right. Are you fighting a horse-sized goose? Right. Or a hundred geese-sized horses right i mean just looking at that mouth like could you imagine if that thing was the size of a horse and had that mouth and just razor sharp teeth on its tongue i mean one lick and you're done yeah that's that's taking your arm off at that point exactly the hundred sized goose like i don't feel i mean i guess like they could swarm me and overwhelm me in that way to the point of maybe Mm -hmm. having a very slow terrible painful death yeah trampled by small horses Oh, right, they're horses. I forgot yeah. about that. I was like... Yeah, they're goose-sized um, horses. I mean, they're... Well, I mean, you think about it, that's kind of like... I mean, of course, it, you know, that's like the size of a small dog. Yeah. Um. So, like, you're kind of getting attacked by a hundred small dogs. But not really, you know? No. Because they don't bite. As, they don't have to, like, the but teeth. a horse could bite, but they don't, like, yeah. rip your skin up. They, like, give you bruises and like mm-hmm. stuff so i feel because it's like okay there's a hundred little horses let me get kicking right but like yeah a horse-sized goose is like like you need a shotgun at least you, you're not yeah. you need something there's like a sword what would be more prideful for you prideful yeah well, you took one down who are you bragging to the bar at? i'm gonna brag i mean that's easy easy no brainer i'm gonna brag about <laughs> taking down a goose, a horse, a goose-sized horse, a horse-sized goose, <laughs> a horse-sized <laughs> goose. Like, you know, that I would, I like, I would put that picture on Facebook, put on Tinder, just me and a mm-hmm. goose head. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I feel like I'd have some pretty solid results. People would be like, "No, this is what I call a man, a provider." <laughs> so as far as like, yeah, getting that kind of confirmation for my masculinity, sure. Okay. I, I'd like that. In fact, now that I think, if you could arrange that, I don't really want to take it on bare skin. Like, yeah, I think, I'll get cooking into the lab. Yeah, yeah, get we'll cooking get in the one. lab. I'll get cooking in the lab. Uh, see which goose there are. Yeah, how big I can get it. I think so. If anybody yeah. can do it, it's you. Oh, thank you. But all right, well, this has been the first episode of the Made for Walking podcast. Uh, be sure to be looking out for upcoming episodes. Um, yeah, I'm Boots. That was that meant episode two, um, oh, not episode two. but it also doubles oh. that. But there you go, perfect. Anyway, sorry, you, yeah, you're Boots. I'm Boots. You're Tom. 100%. Yeah, hundred percent Tom. 100% I like Tom. it. And yeah, we'll catch you. We'll catch you the next episode.